Hey folks, welcome back to Dom Acker. This is Chris once again. Hey folks, welcome back to Chris Wine Africa here on a Lekka Lekka Friday. Uh, it's the 25th of June, 2021. How y'all doing? Welcome back to the channel. Pleasure to have you with us today. It's time for Ndaba African News of the Day. So, uh, again, the 25th of June, 2021. Welcome back to Ndaba African News of the Day. A bit early stream today, owing to the fact that we have a Curry Cup match coming up, in which on the other channel, Rugby Ascendant, I'll be providing live reaction to that match as it unfolds with the Pumas and Bulls playing. Today's Ndaba African News of the Day. Let's get straight to the headlines with in-depth news and analysis. South Africa's tourism minister, Nkubane, oh, sorry, she's also the health minister too, <laughs> while Dr. Zuelin Gizi is currently suspended from his post for suspected corruption. But tourism minister Nkubane will meet on Saturday with the ministerial advisory committee to discuss further lockdowns and theft of liberty from South Africans in the midst of South Africa's 7,000th wave. Uh, surfs up. Cowabunga dudes. Anyway, so she'll be meeting on Saturday. I didn't know the ANC worked on Saturdays. That's a bit of a shocker for me. News flash right there. In further news, tourism minister slash health minister Nkubani has wish, issued an empty warning to people who seek to meet in groups of larger than 100. <gasps> yes, she has issued yet another empty warning threatening those who seek to take action. Of course, we're talking about the economic freedom fighters who on the 25th of June, that's today, threatened that they would march to get the government to start buying the Russian vaccine, to certify the Russian vaccine. Well, did they? Have they? Anybody seen the economic freedom fighters out uh, causing their typical nonsense? Are they carrying golf clubs, pongas, or knob carries? Let us know. Let's spread the word so that people can be safe from their domestic terror actions. But she's threatened them. Of course, supporters of Ace Magashule rocked up yesterday at the Central Business District outside the High Court in Johannesburg to show their support for ousted Secretary General Ace Magashule, former Free State Premier, who has been accused of complicit action in the asbestos case of over 250 million rand corruption case in the Free State. He's currently suspended by the party, although he's fighting it. Yesterday, there was a virtual court session yesterday using Microsoft Teams in which the judges were not present at that location at the court. They were at home <laughs> dialing in and Ace Magashule and his lawyers went off site. So nobody was there except all the little followers of Ace Magashule who were bussed in. So the tourism minister has threatened action. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How credible will that be? Food inflation is hitting the pockets of South Africa's uh, citizens as food inflation is jacking up prices across the country. Walmart comes to the rescue for its subsidiary, MassMart, once again. Mangasutu Butelezi warns that the Zulu royal family fight could have been much worse if not for the advanced state of South Africa's democracy. <laughs> Sorry, the last part of the statement I have to chuckle at. There are high hopes for South Africa's lazy pharmaceutical industry to profit from the labor of others. I'll explain that when we get to that story. If you're looking for a property, I've got a lovely property for you at Misty Cliffs. There's been a tenfold increase in free state wildfires this year across the veld. Now, this is does not include the arson that took place last year in the so-called service delivery protest that began at 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning during curfew, when of course, you know, people were complaining about service delivery in the rural areas of the free state where there was no media, there were no people around, and they rolled tires into the surrounding veld, burning 92,000 hectares. Apparently, those 92,000 hectares weren't part of the consideration. Lucara says, mine's bigger. <laughs> yes, yeah, same story I reported on yesterday. Lucara found a 1,174-carat 1 diamond at its Caraway mine, which 
upends the diamond found just a week prior and makes this now the third largest diamond in history ever recovered. Bizarre Resources hints at high-grade manganese deposits at its Kanye uh, research efforts in Botswana. And Zimbabwe locks down Mashonaland. Malawi's ambitious plans seeking to wipe out malaria within Malawi within a decade. Former President Obasanjo calls for unity across Nigeria, although at not all costs. And Gabon has been paid to not harvest its tropical forest. Interesting approach. African Line 2021, the U.S.-Africa Command's annual exercise in the northern and western part of Africa has concluded after 18 days with 8,000 participants. And today is Mozambique Day. We'll talk about that as well on today's in-depth analysis. Those are the headlines for today, the 25th of June, 2021, folks. And let's get to the in-depth news and analysis now on these stories. As I said, surprising to me, it's a big surprise. I had no idea that the ANC even worked on the weekend, but... Tourism Minister slash Health Minister Momoloko Kubaya Unkubane says she'll meet with the government's ministerial advisory committee on Saturday, the 26th, to discuss further lockdown restrictions for South Africa. Thank goodness she's such a highly qualified leader. Whew, boy, I tell you, if we didn't have this kind of leadership in South Africa, we'd be in trouble. The ministerial advisory committee's co-chair said that the other big crisis is ensuring that there are enough hospital beds in Halteng. This includes additional facility staffing members and beds to ensure the system is not overwhelmed. Of course, the problem with that is that we know that Halteng province sat on their collective derrieres when the Charlotte Makaxi uh, hospital caught fire. Spent five, nearly six weeks before they allocated a contract to a contractor to do repair of the damage, knowing full well that the Kawabunga 9,000th wave was headed towards Halteng. Once again, ANC government officials and bureaucracy let down the citizens of South Africa over and over and over again. So, of course, there's a shortage of beds because one of the biggest and most used hospitals in the province is out of action, largely out of action as a consequence of ineptitude. And why did it take five weeks to award a contract? The government should have the power to do this instantaneously in a disaster. Isn't this a disaster? Isn't that the reason that the ANC's National Coronavirus Command Council is extending the lockdown across the country month after month after month? Because it's a disaster, right? Isn't that what the law says? Well, if it's a disaster, then why does the Halteng government take five weeks to award a contract to repair a critically essential hospital? they don't give a flying flip. That's why. Or simply, they're diverting the contract to who they want. Who knows? It's one of those two things. Well, that tourism minister herself has threatened those who deign to break the law. Of course, they're not breaking the law. They're breaking regulations and policy positions. There's a distinction there. But she's threatened them. Of course, this is alluding to the economic freedom fighters who were supposed to be marching today. Acting health minister calls for consequences to illegal gatherings. They're not illegal. <laughs> anyway, the acting health, the minister of health, Mamaloko Kubaya Kabani, call for consequences where public gatherings exceed the number stipulated in disaster regulations, adding that disaster regulations, regulation is not law adding that Halteng was finding itself in a grave situation. She also confirmed that those over 50 will be able to register for the vaccine in the next month. The acting minister of health said Friday there must be consequences for those organizing illegal gatherings in terms of current disaster regulation restrictions. She said these gatherings remain a serious concern for us with veiled references to the plans by the economic freedom fighters to march to the offices of the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority today. And after supporters ANC Secretary General Ace Magashuli gathered outside the South African or the South Halteng High Court on Thursday, 
even though court proceedings were held virtually. <laughs> exactly. They were either poorly informed or they're just idiots. Unkabani said that this was not clear at the stage if the massive surge of infections was due to variant or human behavior. Protocols and regulations in place for public gatherings are limited to 100 people outdoors or 50 or less indoors. Well, clearly, Ace Magashule supporters far exceeded 100. If you don't believe me, look at the video that I produced on the topic, breaking news from yesterday. Well over 100 people out there, clearly at least 250, 300, maybe more people out there from what we can see from the photographs that were available and the video footage. Well, did the EFF march? Anybody know? Did you see them? Give us an update. Food inflation is on the rise. No pun intended there. I know inflation rise. That's kind of uh, redundant, isn't it? But that is the case. Food prices are up in South Africa at a four-year high. South African Consumer Price Index uh, inflation reached its highest level since November 2018 and rose to its highest point since July 2017, according to Statistics South Africa. Inflation on food, non-alcoholic beverages for May was up nearly 7% year on year, a 46-month high. Not exactly news. Those of us buying food and those in South Africa buying food know that we've seen a far steeper inflation here in the United States. The price of petrol is nearly up 100% since the Manchurian cadaver took office in January, late January. The price has risen. Now, it rises traditionally in the summertime because of consumption, but the consumption is nowhere near the normal amount of consumption. So that doesn't give a just cause for it to go up. It's gone up because of the lunacy in this country of this government seeking to destroy the hydrocarbon industry with no alternatives on the table. You see, most of us aren't wealthy and can't afford $80,000 Teslas to drive around in, and we can't afford to pay $600 a month in electricity bills recharging our crappy, luxury, rich white people toys like Elon Musk and all his sycophants. So the rest of us are kind of stuck, you know, with um, internal combustion engines, which, by the way, perform far better than these electric vehicles, produce far less pollution, and don't destroy mountains looking for rare earth elements or produce massive amounts of carbon through electric power generation. Yeah. Yeah, think about that, you climate change zealots. Walmart is throwing a lifeline once again to its troubled retailer in South Africa. Walmart's investment in the South African sector was perhaps a bit foolish. Buying MassMart turns out to have been not a good business decision, yet they're pouring more good money after bad money in South Africa's cratering economy. Yep, they've extended more money to MassMart, which of course is the owner of Builders Warehouse and Game. The global retailer Walmart is again coming to the aid of subsidiary MassMart, owner of Game and Builders Warehouse, by paying a third-party provider of financial services for the next two years, with the Janusburg Stock Exchange listed retailer having to repay the money interest-free. So it's a gift. Walmart owns majority stake in MassMart, which has lost more than a billion rand for two consecutive years as Game struggles to turn a profit. Walmart 2020 provided MassMart with a rolling 4 billion rand loan as the company's medium-term debt came due. Well, Walmart, which is pretty astute at its investments, has failed in Germany, and it's been failing in South Africa for a number of years. The Zulu traditional prime minister, of course, that's not a real position, but that's how he's viewed, Mangusutu Butelezi, has um, said that things could be much worse in the Zulu royal family secession crisis were it not for South Africa's advanced state of democracy. While I don't have any disrespect for Mangusutu Butelezi, a fair amount of respect for the gentleman, I, I have a little trouble swallowing that sandwich. That's a bit hard to sit choking on that one. South Africa's advanced democracy. But let's take a look at that story nonetheless. Had we not achieved constitutional development, there would be war, Butelezi says in the royal Zulu family conflict. Prince Mangasutu Butelezi said South Africa's democracy not developed, there would be war among the Zulu royals. She said the battle lines to conflict for the throne had been drawn. Deny preventing King uh, Mizuzulu from seeing his sister instead, saying their legal battles prevented a meeting. Oh boy. Butelezi was updating the meeting on developments in the court dispute for the throne that has been contested by Queen Sibongi Dlamini and her two daughters in the Pietermaritzburg 
Urg High Court. He said King Mizuzulu ka Suelitini, Prince Philemon ka Celedondo ka Dinuzulu, and himself met with lawyers at the Royal Palace on Wednesday to be interviewed and prepare their responding affidavits. Though Through that process, we have had sight on the contents of the supporting affidavits for this court action, including the affidavits of Princess Tembi and others were submitted to the premier of KZN. What he's alluding to is that were it not for functioning courts, then the Zulu royal dispute would have broken into armed conflict potentially and split the royal Zulu nation. Fair point, Manga Sudabulezi, and uh, a good reason for me to get him on the channel to talk about the secession crisis in the Zulu family. Well, high hopes for South Africa's pharmaceutical industry to profit off the sweat of other people's brow. What am I talking about? Well, sitting on its collective derriere for the past year and a half, the South African pharmaceutical industry has developed no vaccines, no therapeutics, nothing whatsoever. It contributed zero to the fight in the current pandemic. Zero, done nothing, except sit back and allow President Ramaphosa to spread his lie and propaganda about vaccine apartheid. Of course, this is the same Sir Ramaphosa who simply signed South Africa up to the COVAX facility, which has failed miserably in its supposed job of using collective action to leverage all these countries to get them in line first. Now, remember, that was the idea, was to get the COVAX countries in line first. Now, now they're whining that they didn't get first, and that's that's apartheid. Well, they didn't get first because COVAX is, 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 is useless. It didn't accomplish much of anything. The only reason it has any vaccine is because of the generosity of America giving away vaccine and giving money to it. The United States has already delivered $2.5 billion to COVAX, which is more than all the other countries combined and we get no press for it. The United States is further committed to a total of $4 billion, courtesy of the Manchurian cadaver, for COVAX. And we've given half a billion doses of vaccines away to these countries. Yet we're pillared as being apartheid vaccine countries. What a crock of nonsense. But now South African pharmaceutical countries who sat on the sidelines didn't offer their resources, their labs, their research, their technicians to participate in any studies by either Abbott, AstraZeneca, Moderna, Pfizer, the Chinese, the Indians didn't get involved in any of that. Yet now they sit back because of the collective liberal guilt that these fools that run the United States, Canada, and all these Western nations have bought into that we're somehow complicit and guilty of these countries being lazy and it's our job now to carry them. It's a moral responsibility. So now we must give away the trade secrets for the billions and billions and billions of dollars of research that shareholders ponied up for these companies so they could exist, so they could research these things and come up with a vaccine under Donald Trump in record time, record time. Meanwhile, any pharmaceutical company saw that was perfectly free to develop its own vaccine. And did they? No, they didn't. But now they stand a profit and South Africans are giddy at the prospect. Yeah, it's nice to steal other people's work and profit off of it, isn't it? High hopes for deal to unlock local COVID-19 vaccine manufacturing. This week was announced that the first World Health Organization-backed uh, uh, vaccine technology transfer hub will be hosted in South Africa. Technology transfer hub. Let me translate that into modern standard written English for you. Technology transfer hub. Intellectual theft. Intellectual property theft. That's what that means. On June 21st, where I'm opposed announced South Africa will host the first technology transfer hub. An initiative designed to get the production of vaccines off the ground in Africa. One crucial element to the success of such initiatives is getting companies with existing vaccine manufacturing know-how to enter the technology transfer agreements. We'll be see, see them share their know-how with the hub. Well, why weren't you doing that 18 months ago, Cyril Ramaphosa? Hopes for a flying start. We're hoping to get feedback on Monday from WHO and Medicine, Medicine's patent pool who are currently negotiating with Moderna, BioNTech, and Pfizer. If talks succeed, we'll have to do a flying start. It will accelerate everything, Terra Blanche told Spotlight. Yeah, of course it will. African vaccine independence, are they high? 
It's focused the world's attention on glaring inequities in vaccine across and between high-income countries, low and middle-income ones. Yeah, that's a, it says that uh, just 30 million doses out of 2.3 billion produced worldwide have found their way into the arms of Africa. Well, that's because African governments have failed to do it. Zimbabwe turned down 2 million doses donated to them. South Africa turned down 2 million doses donated to them. They destroyed a million doses donated to them. So yeah, it's not vaccine apartheid. It's ineptness in corruption in, in Africa. That's the problem. That's an astonishing statistic. The only way to sort this out for a future, a future pandemic of any kind is to build regional capacity. Duh! It's the only way we can ensure global health security. I understand why every country wants to look after its own. We'd probably do the same if we could. But this is demonstrated to be mutagenic. And because of that, you'll be chasing variants forever unless there's vaccine intervention. Well, then, you know, I agree. But you shouldn't have sat on your ass when other people did the heavy lifting. Get involved in the fight instead of whining about it and wanting to steal it after the fact. South Africa has its own domestic vaccine or, or pharmaceutical industry. They should have been involved in this for a long time. Well, switching to something more interesting, and uh, if you're looking for a new place to live, I've got a property for you. This is a Misty Cliffs in Cape Town, folks, for only 19.75 million rand. I know you've got that all sitting in your checking account, so let's all rush out now and put a bid that'll drive the price up on this hot property. Check it out. Look at that image right there. Ooh, you see the beach outside? Hmm. One of only eight houses located right on Misty Cliffs Beach. This property has direct beach access from the front garden. The renovated home offers relaxed coastal living with three ensuite bedrooms and multiple living areas that flow seamlessly to two covered outside areas. There's double garage and two guest parking bays. The home is sold fully furnished and currently operates as an Airbnb rental. Well, there you go. You could have a source of income for only 20 million rand. You could start your own business there for the non-existent tourism industry in South Africa. Woohoo! Lovely. By the way, the, the property also comes equipped with crew serve weapons, uh, turrets, and mounted rotating positions with automatic weapons for home invaders. <laughs> no, that's 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 supplemental. You have to pay extra for that. That doesn't come with the home if you want that. Been a tenfold increase in veld fires in the free state. More than 42,000 hectares have so far been lost to veld fires in the free state compared to just under 4,000 during the same period in 2020. In one of the worst fires this year, 30,000 hectares of farmland were destroyed in a veld fire that broke out near Boshof in May. A number of livestock burned to death and the fire left nearly 7,000 sheep without grazing. Well, this of course comes on top of the 92,000 hectares that were torched last year in arson. Free state has taken quite a beating here from fires in the past year. Quite a beating indeed. Well, mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> Size does matter, ladies and gentlemen. What are we talking about? Diamonds. Diamonds may be a girl's best friend, but they're certainly Botswana's hope. That's for darn sure. Lucar, the Canada-based uh, diamond exploration company, has found yet another massive diamond in excess of 1,000 carats. This diamond at 1,174 plus carats now becomes the third largest diamond ever recovered by Homo sapiens. Mine's bigger, another 1,000-plus carat diamond found in Botswana. Of course, I reported on the story yesterday. Less than a week after Botswana, after a Debswana mine in Botswana unearthed a 1,098-carat diamond, likely the third largest piece of gem quality rough ever found, Lucar has found an even bigger rock. Of course, it's called a rock because it's not all gem quality diamond. The megastone was found in Lucar Diamond's 100% owned Caraway mine, also in Botswana. However, like the 1,758-carat Suelo, which Lucar found in 2019, this new find is not considered 100% gem, but a cleavage gem of variable quality with significant domains of high-quality white gem material. So it's possible the Deb Swan and Deb De Beers and Botswana joint venture that produced that other rock may still be able to call it the third largest gem-quality diamond, which is what I called it. I called it gemstone-quality diamond. Yep. Oh, look at that. Another diamond. 
Botswana just keeps finding these big diamonds after six years looking for diamonds in these pipes. They're still finding them. It's amazing. Now, it's curious to me, all these diamonds are there. I guess Botswana's lucky there was no water in Botswana because it all would have rushed down to the Orange River and into the ocean and been part of the Sperrgebiet in Namibia, like uh, the Kimberley Pipe and others there in South Africa, which carried diamonds into the watershed and down to the ocean and waves carried them up along the coast of Namibia. Bizant Resources has found apparently promising signs of a large manganese deposit in Botswana. Near its and its Kanye project, the London listed mining company said it obtained 40 samples, which delivered high-grade manganese results. The reconnaissance prospecting sampling work has given exciting indications of potential for high-grade manganese deposits suitable for upgrading to high purity for battery manufacturing. Good sign there. Shares were up 2.2% at 0.24 pence. That's a very that's what we call penny stock right there. Harari has imposed strict lockdown measures in Mashonaland in response to. The events taking place there. Tighter restrictions in 12 mostly rural areas come as health service struggles to cope with third wave. Zimbabwe's government has designated 11 rural areas across three provinces as hotspots this week after a sharp rise in cases. Mashonaland West, Masvingo, and Bulawayo provinces have been put into strict localized lockdowns to contain the spread. The government has already declared hotspots in three other regions, the first in May and two others in early June. Zimbabwe has no control over this. Although having just over or just under 1,700 fatalities attributed to this event in the span of 18 months. In a country of 14 million people, 1,698 people have been attributed to this pandemic as dying. Less than 1,700 people in the course of 18 months. How many Zimbabweans have died in the last 18 months? A figure many, many, many times that from HIV, tuberculosis, traffic accidents, cancer, hypertension, high blood pressure. Malawi seeks to eradicate malaria within the decade. Malawi's government this week announced a goal to eliminate malaria, leading cause of death in the country by 2030. The mosquito spread parasite disease accounts for about 15% of Malawi's hospital admissions. Speaking during televised launch of a nationwide anti-malarial initiative known as Zero Malaria Starts With Me campaign, President Chakerwa said statistics on malaria infection in the country are worrying. He said malaria contributed about 36% of all outpatient department cases and 15% of all hospital admissions in Malawi. This creates a lot of work for health workers and pressure on drugs in our public health facilities. Additionally, malaria remains a leading cause of death in Malawi, claiming six lives every day. That's unfortunate. Malaria is a scourge of the developing world, Africa in particular, and it is certainly something that needs a lot of attention. There is hope on the horizon. Genetically bred mosquitoes that are sterile, can't reproduce, that is coming out. And so we'll see what happens with that if they outcompete natural malaria with parasite. Natural, uh, natural, natural um, mosquitoes that have the parasite. Former President Obasanjo, an elder statesman of Nigeria with frequent work at the African Union, is calling for unity from retirement in his home in Nigeria. I'm a strong believer of one Nigeria, but not one Nigeria at any cost, but one Nigeria where every Nigerian can feel proud that he or she has a stake in this country. Former President Olusugan Obasanjo said on Wednesday, through, that although Nigerians would fare better staying together than breaking up, the nation's union should not be at any cost. I'm a strong believer in what... He already said that. Okay. The former president called on agitators for the disintegration of the country to shelve ideas and work for oneness for the country. According to him, it's better for Nigeria to remain as one indivisible nation than for each tribe to go its separate way. He acknowledged Nigeria's passing through challenges and insisted that disintegration is not the solution. Gabon is being paid not to harvest its tropical timber. 
This is something that's been done in other places like Costa Rica on this side of the world where non-government organizations raise millions of dollars to pay Costa Ricans to not cut down their trees. Is this the future? Does the rich world pay the developing world to not wipe out their natural resources? In the case of Gabon, the UN-backed Central African Forest Initiative has handed over $17 million, the first tranche of a $150 million deal that they came up with back in 2019. Nearly 90% of Gabon is still covered by forests, which captures more carbon than the country emits, well, by a wide margin. Rainforests are vital for absorbing the globe's climate heating emissions. Gabon has been able to show that it managed to reduce deforestation so lower its carbon emissions compared to the previous decade. As a result, Norway, through CAFE, has paid Gabon $17 million based on a formula relating to the number of tons of carbon that would otherwise have been released. The rest of the $150 million should be handed over in the coming years. The initial payment represents just 0.1% of Gabon's annual GDP, but Forest Minister Lee White told the BBC that it was a significant first step. Norway has validated Gabon's system for monitoring deforestation and carbon emissions, which could be used to help high-carbon-emitting countries pay Gabon for managing its resources in the future. Gabon has launched a number of conservation schemes in recent years, creating, including the creation of 13 national parks and a project to combat illegal logging. An African Lion, an annual event, annual exercise, doesn't take place every year. Some years it's postponed because of events. There was one a few years ago in Mali that was canceled because of the conflict that broke out in Mali back in 2013 or 2012. In 2013, it was held in Mauritania. I was stationed in Mauritania at the time. But African Lion is an annual event including North African and other African nations as well as many European nations hosted by U.S. Africa Command. This year, it took place once again, or in Morocco, it took place this year. And so African Lion, I misspoke. I was talking about a different exercise. My, my apologies for that. Not African Lion. I was talking about a different exercise. But African Lion is a, an event that takes place either in Morocco or Tunisia every year and sometimes in Senegal. So after line 21 concludes after honing multinational operations on land, in air, and oversea. Over 8,000 troops from numerous nations participate in this. I'd like to thank our Moroccan, Senegalese, and Tunisian partners for hosting African Lion in their respective countries. This year's African Lion was the largest and most complex we've ever had to date, said Major General Rowling from the Southern European Task Force. Close to 8,000 personnel from eight different countries participate in the exercise. Another 15 countries observed with training with potential to join African Lion 22. Those other 15 countries were largely uh, European countries, NATO countries, and some African countries. General Rowling's Moroccan counterpart, Southern Zone Commander Lieutenant General Belkir El Farouk, also expressed his gratitude for the successful accomplishment of the exercise objectives. Thanks to its multi-domain, multi-component, and multinational character, African Lion 2021 employed a wide array of mission capabilities in order to strengthen interoperability between partner nations and enhance the aptitude to conduct in theater operations, particularly through this year's engagement of 8,000 personnel, both men and women, including Americans, other multinationals. We're thrilled to welcome African Lion, the largest military exercise in Africa, back to Morocco after a one-year hiatus because of the pandemic. The exercise is a critical component of the close strategic partnership between Morocco and the United States. Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. It's been a successful, long-term, this is the 17th iteration of it. And today is Mozambique Day, the 25th of June, 2021. Congratulations to Mozambique. This statement from United States Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. On behalf of the government of the United States of America, I wish to extend best wishes to the people of the Republic of Mozambique as you mark the 46th anniversary of your country's independence. The United States values our strategic partnership with Mozambique, including our work together to help ensure all Mozambicans have the opportunity to prosper in a secure and peaceful environment. We look forward to expanding trade and investment to create new opportunities for both our nations while confronting a spectrum of challenges from terrorism and violent extremism to climate change. On your national day, we reflect on our growing friendship and look forward to forging even stronger ties in the years ahead. And you can expect no help from us whatsoever when it comes to Cabo Delgado province because the Manchurian Cavern is confused and has no idea where Mozambique is. Sorry about that. I'm sorry, that wasn't the secretary's comments. I added that at the end. 
<laughs> Folks, that's the news for today, the 25th of June, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to Indaba Africa News of the Day. We appreciate your support and patronage here on the channel.